Welcome to the White Man Can Jump podcast. This is your host, John Whited. I'm joined here, as I usually am, by my good friend and partner, Andrew Brownlee. How you doing, Brownlee? I'm good, man. I have really enjoyed the beginning of the season. Uh, I think there's been a lot of surprises that we'll be getting into later this episode. Um, and it's just good to have basketball back. Yeah, and uh, we, uh, we're we stepping it up this year. We got League Pass this year. Um, for those who don't know, it's only 100 bucks now. It's awesome. It's like a quarter of the price it used to be. So we've been checking that out. Um, we'll have a lot more content to come this year because of that. Um, so let's just get started right here. Um, you know, we'll kind of just get into some of the surprises we've seen you know, so far this year. And, you know, one will start with the reigning champions, the Golden State Warriors. Um, you know, off to a slow start for them, three and three. Um, they lost to Charlotte last night without LaMelo. That's a pretty bad loss, <laughs> to say the least. Um, Steve Kerr still trying to figure out the rotation. Um, they have – part of their problem is they have too many good players, which is – crazy thing they can make a trade and get even better too if they, once they figure this out um so i'm kind of surprised they've gotten off to the slow start but i'm not worried what about you yeah i i mean we're six games in so i know it's fun to overreact and that's kind of what we're doing here um but this team just won the championship in pretty convincing fashion with basically the same team um so I'm not super worried, no. Like you said, they're trying to figure out their rotation and they're trying to insert some new players or really players that they have had but um, haven't used as much into their rotation. And it's going to take a little bit to figure out, but the core engine's still there and I do not have any worry about this team uh, making their way back uh, into the playoffs and contending for a title. Yeah, and I mean, I think the key is the young guys, Moody and Kaminga. I think both of them could be – I think they could figure that out, and if they do, they do have a move to make. Um, whether or not they want to trade one of those guys when they show they have some value, but I think they'll have more value to the Warriors than to anyone else. Um, but you know, there's talks of trading Draymond Green. Uh same thing there. He's more valuable to the Warriors than anyone else. <laughs> but they, they have options is a thing, and they'll figure it out. And so I haven't really thought of any trade ideas for them because I just kind of thought of this now, but yeah, they will have I mean, a different I, it, team. I think it's a little too early to start talking Yeah, about like they, you don't need to, like, jump ship on anything. But, like, that's the thing they're struggling with is, you know, Kamingo will play 15 minutes. One game he played three minutes last night, I think, like. You got to figure that out. Like, that's not going to happen. I mean, there's probably injuries had something to do with it, too. But they'll figure it out. Steph's been shooting lights out like he normally does. The big thing is, is Clay Thompson done. I hate to fucking say that because I fucking love him. But he's played like a scrub this year. No, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, he was – I mean, it wasn't Clay Thompson before the injury last season. But I think he was still uh, – productive and contributing member of that team last season. So I think I'd, again, just like 
it's too early to overreact here, and I know he's getting older and he has like some pretty bad injuries, but let's give him you know the benefit of the doubt here. And I would say it's a little harsh to say like this dude is over. I did call him a scrub. That is harsh. He's yeah. not a scrub, but. Yeah. I asked if he was a scrub. I didn't say he was a scrub. But um, he's definitely not the same Clay Thompson. And the biggest thing is he's not the same defender. He's still the same shooter. Or he's, he hasn't quite been the same shooter. But motherfucker can still shoot the basketball better than anyone except his teammates. And, yeah, I would like to have him on my team in the playoffs, right? But, yeah, that's the thing is he's not the same defender. And that's why these young guys could help because they could Kaminga could be an amazing defender if Andre Iguodala yeah. taught him how to play defense. <laughs> but um, moving on to maybe the most surprising team so far, at least for me, is the Blazers. <clears throat> Five and one, first in the West. <laughs> Did not see that fucking coming. <laughs> um. Unfortunately, Dame just went down with uh, like a hamstring or something. Uh, some strain. Sounds like he'll be back in a week or two, which you know, hopefully they can keep it going without him, which obviously Dame, I kind of counted him out after, you know, being injured last year and out of the limelight, and you forget how good that guy is. Yeah. He's amazing, and he's balling out like he, he always has. Um and so is Simon's <laughs> again. He first game without um, Dame last night goes off for thirty on ten to twenty and seven to fifteen from three. Like if he can go seven to fifteen from three, Dame can do that in his fucking sleep, <laughs> right? Like that. And then you got like, I mean, I'm not saying. Well, I guess what is Simon's ceiling? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I he's averaging twenty this year. He's still in, like, that pool mode of, like, really good offense. I don't yeah. believe him on defense kind of guy, which is, you know, strangely how Dame Lillard's running partner has been his entire career, basically, with CJ before that. Um, but, you know, I, can he be, like, a really good spark plug can he be CJ? I, I think that would be a great outcome for him. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't think I'm ready to ascribe like a higher, at least expected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, CJ McCollum's so smooth. I don't want to. I don't want yeah. like, to put anyone in the same category. I mean, not that he's in his own category, but I wouldn't want to put Simons in there yet either. But. <laughs> He has a lot more athleticism than CJ does. Yeah, that's And he can shoot his ass off, apparently. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're starting five, which I didn't think much of at the start of the year. Is one of the best five in the league and logged the most minutes of any five-man lineup per cleaning the glass. Um, and, you know, it, the starting lineup of Dame, we talked about the backcourt of Simons, like, Obviously, there's not much defense there, and there's not much size, which you're going to be concerned about. Like, you know, we can talk about their ceiling, but the, when you get to the playoffs, that's going to be a problem. But then you look at the next two guys, 
and they cover up all those holes, right? Or this is what Jeremy Grant was supposed to do, what the fucking Nuggets should have paid him to do. But they let him go, and then he tried to be a superstar, and he's definitely not one of those. But he's a great role player if he plays his role, and Josh Hart might be the best role player in the league. And then Nurkic is one of the best bigs, which isn't necessarily – I mean, he's good, he's good, but there's also not that many good bigs in the league is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, I mean, so like that that's lineup makes a lot of sense actually. I mean, I think it don't makes you a lot think sense from like an offense perspective, but you're asking Lillard who's minus defender, Simons minus defender, Nurkic minus defender. Um that's asking a lot. Uh, it's worked out really well so far in this very early season, but I I'd like to see where that ultimately ends up. Like, can they just outgun everyone? Um, yeah, they're averaging 120 points per 100 possession with that lineup. Yeah. yeah I mean, to your point, I mean, the defense isn't that bad, 111.7. Not yeah. not good, but you can get by with that. Just, I mean, and it's not unrealistic to think that they will keep scoring at 120 points per possession with that lineup if Simons is as good as he's shown so far. Like, he could continue to get better this year, too. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, you mentioned Jordan Poole, and he, you know, Jordan Poole, he could be on the same trajectory as him, and Jordan Poole made a lot of progress last year, so we'll see. I mean, they could fucking be good. I think, yeah. do you think they're a playoff team? What would you say, a play-in team? I mean, they look... Uh, they got to make the play, like, get off that good of a start. Yeah. I think they will make the playoffs. I don't know if they'll be... Top six. Yeah, um, it's, it's so looked, weird now with the plans. Yeah. But yeah, I think they Hopefully will be one of the top 10 teams. But I think one of the biggest differences is Dame is at least was seemingly healthy before um, this most recent game. But we'll see if he's able to come back strong as ever. And then um, if he is, then yeah, I feel pretty good about them making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go move on to the East Eastern Conference here for a little bit. Um, the Sixers uh, started three and four. Um, a lot of people, um, including our buddy uh, Bill Simmons, was uh, was big on the Sixers to start the year. Um, and yeah, I honestly wasn't, but I heard a lot of people make the argument for him at the beginning of the year. <laughs> and their starting lineup is really good. I'll give them that. They did really good. Um, but I don't like their bench at all, <laughs> except for Thibault. <laughs> but he can't shoot. But he's a hell of a defender. Um, but, um, I mean, James Harden, it looks like um, they're going to run the offense through him, which they have Joel and beat on their damn team. <laughs> Give him the fucking ball. Like, he hasn't – he needs to be the center of the offense. I don't know. They – I don't know how to figure out their offense yet, but I don't think James Harden should be running quite as much as he is because he's not the same player he used to be. Yeah. I don't really I, think. I mean, he's, he's off to a pretty good start. I'm not saying he's playing poorly, but when you have someone as dominant as Joel Embiid, he needs to be the center of the offense. Yeah, I would agree with that. Or at least, like... Like, he Harden put up one NBA of the best seasons in history of the NBA last year. Like... Give him yeah. the fucking ball. James Harden isn't that good anymore. And isn't Embiid 
like didn't they announce he's coming back from some foot yeah he's never completely healthy that's the craziest thing about how good he is he's never been completely healthy but yeah yeah, i mean (laughs) the problem is i don't think doc rivers can figure this out either (laughs) and and guess what maxi is really good too he's a top 10 three-point shooter in the league which should be great playing off James Harden if he can get past people like he used to. I mean, he still can pass the ball, but he, that's the problem is he can't get to the hole like he used to. He doesn't have that first step. Maxi is the fastest player I've ever seen, I think. Definitely the fastest player in the league right now with the ball in his hands. Like, reminds me of John Wall when John Wall was in his prime, when he's just flying down the court. Except he doesn't have the hops that John Wall did, so he can't finish quite like him. But he's as fast as John Wall was in his prime. Um, and I do need to have the ball more. I don't care what anyone says. If he can shoot that well off the dribble, he shoots 43% from three. <laughs> it's a lot better than James Harden. He's quicker than James Harden. Get him the fucking ball. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I James Harden is transitioning his game for sure. Like I agree. I don't think he's into the basket as well, but he's still an amazing passer. If he leads the league in assists this year, I don't... Is he leading the league in assists? Uh, he's probably top three. He's probably up there. Yeah, I know he's up there. I just, I, I, I'm yeah. looking it up right now. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not saying James Harden's a bad player, and they should, but, like, they haven't figured out how to use those three players together, and those three players can carry an offense. Use them right. And then your other, you know, you got Harris and, uh, you know, fucking what's his name? P.J. Tucker, like, great role players. Like, Tobias Harris is way fucking overpaid to be a role player, but he does play a great role now, right? Like, he's... Yeah. But, and so, their starting lineup could be really good. Problem is... And but the Celtics did last year with six guys. <laughs> they couldn't go any deeper than that. That's why the Malcolm Brogdon deal is so good for them. But um, it's just hard to do that in the playoffs. <laughs> Joel and B yeah. get some foul trouble. They're fucked. <laughs> I mean, granted, um, you know, most teams are when <laughs> someone that good gets some foul trouble. But even someone like Tobias Harris gets some foul trouble, they could be in trouble. You know. So, and I don't, I mean, people are already talking about Doc Rivers getting fired. Um, they started, started talking about it before the season, which is crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think he'll figure it out just because like Bill Simmons was saying this week on his podcast, no one has had more talent on his teams than the last 10 to fit since the 08 team. Than he has probably right with all those Clippers team. I mean, Steve Kerr maybe, but like he hasn't been around that long. But right, he hasn't even made it to the finals with any of those teams. Some of those were bad luck and like whatnot, but like I don't think that's a coincidence. Other than the 08 team and the 10 team, which he had like that was were great fucking teams. Like and he had one of the best leaders of all time helping him lead that team and Kevin Garnett. So. We'll see. They'll be there. They'll get better. But I think they need a new coach to reach their ceiling. 
Yeah, I don't believe in Doc Rivers, but I still believe in the 76ers. Oh, yeah. They they definitely have the top-end talent, and I think everyone felt pretty good about their bench going into the year, so I would hope that that can round out a little better. With Yeah, it's not terrible, but it's just when I looked at their bench, I was, there wasn't many guys I was like, I'd want them playing in a playoff series for me, right? Like yeah, they might I mean, be fine the regular season. Need, hopefully, you only need two or three of them. At the moment. Yeah, you seven or eight, but I don't think I want any of them. If Thibault could shoot, I would love to have him in the playoffs. But I mean, he can shoot well enough sometimes. He's he's such a good defender. But we'll move on. We'll talk about them plenty this year. They'll be they'll be in the headlines. So our two teams have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> Spurs and the Jazz are combined nine and four. I think our over under we thought they would win probably twelve games combined for the whole damn season. What the fuck are they doing? They are costing themselves so much opportunity. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, we, knew, we knew the Jazz still had too many good players at the start of the season. Yeah, but like they didn't really seem like they made sense though. I didn't think they would but yeah, they did. That's the thing. They still have like four first round picks to get out of the players on their team, if not more. Yeah. If they want to just go complete rebuild, which I'm sure Danny Ainge does. And someone, I think it was Chris Vernon. I was listening to the mismatch yesterday. He brought up a good point. Is the hot start good for them? Because then it makes Jordan Clarkson look good. It makes Mike Conley look good. I don't, I don't know how Mike Conley's even playing. I haven't, can't say I've watched much of the Jazz yet this year. Um, might have to start. Um, but um, it's a good point. Like, trade him in a couple weeks before, and then you'll share. But five and two—that's a lot of wins. When you twenty wins is what you want to get to, right? Like, um. So yeah, that makes sense. But when you win five games, like you're when you're trying to lose, no one's trying to lose more than anyone. Any of the shitty teams are this year. Um, but yeah. I mean, you can still just completely crater the team at the end. Oh of the yeah, season. like <laughs> at the end of the season, they, we'll see how bad they want them. Right now, they just they're playing basketball. Like they're competitors. They're going to try to win, and those coaches will get fired if they don't fucking coach. So, like, it makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but like, eventually they'll be like, all right, we do have something to build on. We'll find that, and then we'll get rid of everything else we're not building on, hopefully, for them. Um, and then problem is, Craig Pop is just too damn good of a coach. <laughs> but um, another team that's in the running for Victor off to a pretty decent start is the Thunder at 3-3. Three and three. Um, You know, they obviously don't have Chet this year. So, you know, everyone was like, well, they're going for Victor. And Shea Gillis Alexander said, no fucking way, dude. I'm a baller. That's why he paid me max money. He's averaging 31, 5, and 7. Uh, 27.87 PR, 12th in the league. Um, feel bad for him. He just hasn't been on a good team yet. I mean, that team he had in his rookie year and the Clippers was a fun team, but they weren't. They overachieved and stuff, but... Um, I think they could be really good if they if they somehow get Victor. They will be amazing. 
If they get Scoot, they'll be really good too. But I like Giddy a lot, and I like. I think Chet's gonna be really good. If he can, if he doesn't get hurt, that's a big if, I guess. Um, but what what do you think about Shea and the Thunder young core? Yeah. I guess. I mean, I with all of these bad teams, quote unquote, or teams we've expected to be tanking that have played better at the start of the season. I think it's fun to watch it. And just from a like larger, more meta perspective, it sucks that like we are viewing these as failures in terms of their tanking. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. this team that's supposed to suck is playing too well and that's bad for them. When like, it would be great if you know, we could say, isn't it awesome that the Thunder, like we see Shy taking this team and they can be even better next season when Chet's back. Um, this is a great, like, feel-good story instead of, oh, you're screwing your ch- chances for Wen Benyama. Um, in the end, with, with all these teams, I still feel like, you know, lottery odds are flattened, not completely flat. So... A few extra wins at the beginning of the season, I don't think it's going to end things for them, but I think it's nice to have promise as a fan of a team, seeing some of the young players step up and play really well is awesome to see. Um, even with the Jazz, where they have, it's mainly veterans that are carrying that team, I think you know some of their younger players Marketing are playing well. out pretty um, yeah, so like Sexton really could be a good player down the road. Like yeah. people two years ago thought he was better than Garland. I mean, that's proven to be not true at all. But because Garland's a baller, but like that motherfucker can score. He almost won a damn game in high school playing three on five, yeah. <laughs> or in college. In college, in high school, that I could believe that, but did in fucking college. It's crazy. Um, right. uh, the next team I think we're going to talk about are the Pacers. Uh, the yeah. dude, Matt Duren, looks legit. Yeah, he balled out like, last night. Yeah, he's a freak he can, athlete. He can score, like, already NBA-level score right away. Um, and, yeah, I, I Paolo is looking good also, but Mathurin might give him a run for his money for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I'm looking actually at his odds right now and see what they are. Not that I can bet because I'm in Texas, but a lot of our listeners, all 10 of them, he's plus 400. He's second in the odds right now, actually. So Vegas picked up on it, too. Yeah, I don't really see anyone great. that's worth any money. Except for maybe uh, Keegan Murray's plus 600. Jay Nivey plus 650. Yeah, Paul's going to win it. <laughs> Probably. But Mac Manor could, but I don't think it's worth the money at plus 400, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then his teammate, um, Tyrese Halliburton, um, got traded there last season. Um, and the Sabonis trade, you know, has, I think played better than even they could have imagined. Um, he looks like an all-star so far this year. He's averaging 23, 4, and 10. Um, he's uh, – PR is uh, – 11th in the league at 
it looks like he is like I guess his assist has dropped down to still he's dropped down to eight, but he's like six in the league in assists, it looks like now. So he looks everyone that I fall in the draft, I have a hard time keeping up with everyone in college, but everyone said his basketball IQ is off the charts and everyone said he was gonna be a solid player and he looks every bit of that and better than that too. So I think that turned out to be a good trade for them. People were going crazy. Like, <laughs> I think Bill Simmons was like <laughs> freaking out because he's like, or maybe it's Christopher, and one of them was like, they thought they just got Michael Jordan in the fucking trade because they were so excited for him, but <laughs> they should be. He's been killing it. I, I, I thought the kind of the same thing too, but um, <laughs> another team that we thought was going to be <laughs> going victory. I mean, they're three and four. It's not like they're running away with anything, but. Most people would have thought they'd been one and six or something. So um, uh, we'll talk about some positive stuff. <laughs> people trying to win. <laughs> the Hawks yeah. are four and two. Um, maybe not the records. That's surprising. Um, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple years ago with relatively the same core. So not completely surprising. I think they've taken a little bit of step back from where they were, and they also just gelled perfectly that playoffs too. And, kind of overachieved, I think, but um, they fucking have Trey Young, and I know you're not a fan of him, and I get that. He fucking doesn't play defense. I don't like that either, but he is an offense all by himself. He just is. You might not like his offense either. I get that too, but he's averaged 31, 4, and 10. 28.82 PR. Last night he scored 42 points against the fucking Bucks. Guess who's on the Bucks? The best perimeter defender in the league, Drew Holiday. He scored 42 fucking points on him. The dude can ball. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, and they got some good pieces around him. I think I don't think the Bucks will stay. You know, I think they're third in the East right now. I don't think they're going to stay that high. They'll probably six probably range, but. If they can figure out some defense, Trey Young proved in the playoffs he's not a fucking afraid of the moment and can take over games in series. Um, and I like that about him. Like, he loves playing on the road because he loves shutting people up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I know you hate him, so I'll let you uh, play devil's advocate here. <laughs> I, I, I do agree. He is a great offensive player individually. Um he can score like he did against the Bucks, but they still lost that game. He was still minus thirteen in the game. Like whatever, dude. He he plays only one half of the game. <laughs> like Yeah. There's two there's two parts of a basketball game. You gotta score points, but you gotta stop the other team from scoring points also. Right, fair enough. They're Trey Young is never gonna win a title if he's the best player on the team. Wow, shots fired. All right. I don't think Great. that's Put that in your fucking book. I <laughs> don't even Brownlee. think that's, that's not that controversial. He's he's not that good. All right. I can't wait till he wins one for Atlanta. <laughs> Actually, I don't really want him to either, but... <laughs> um, now, let's move on to another su- surprising team in a good way. The Wizards, your Washington Wizards. Three and two, not off to the greatest start, but 
you know, I haven't had a chance to watch any of their games. Um, I'm sure you've watched a few more than I have, being that it's your team. But um, probably the biggest surprise of anything, and I, I asked you before we got on because it's your team, and I knew you'd never guess this in a million years. But I was looking at cleaning the glass, you know, best five-man lineups in terms of uh, point differential per 100 possession. And the best five-man lineup in the league, which has logged 127 possessions, which is a pretty decent amount for any starting lineup. I think this is their starting lineup. If it's not, it's one of their most commonly played lineups. Marcus Morris, Bradley Beal, Danny Abda, Kyle Kuzma, and Christoph Rzingis are plus .30, or sorry, plus 30.8 in 100 possessions, which... Next is not a surprise. It's the fucking Golden State Warriors starting lineup in the plus 27. But the yeah. Wizards was the biggest surprise, I think, of anything. What do you have to say about that? Are they any good? <laughs> I think they're fine. I don't think they're good. I don't think they're bad. Um, <laughs> that sucks this year. You want to be one yeah. of those things. <laughs> I mean, their wins so far against Pacers, Bulls, and Pistons. And they've lost All to the Pacers. Six. So it's not you know, a murderer's row of teams they've played so far. Uh, they took the Cavs to overtime, which was nice to see. Uh, Brad's playing more efficiently, which I think helps. But they've gotten really good play from, um, oh my God, DeLon Wright, and he's out for like two months with a hamstring Oh, I didn't injury. see that. Yeah, he's a good backup point guard. He's very underrated, very they solid. They have Monty Morris. They don't have any other point guards on this team. So I'm a little worried for how their next couple of months are going to go, honestly. Isn't Ishmael still on the team? I don't think so, actually. I think they finally... Uh, he's underrated backup point guard, too. But yeah, I felt like I never knew where he was, and he just always happened to be on the Wizards. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean... Um, yeah, the reason they're decent is because they have the fucking core of guys that won the Lakers a fucking championship around the fucking... We'll just get into it right now. I'm going to rip the Lakers a new one. Go for it. <laughs> get on the soapbox. Rob Polinka needs to be fired immediately. <laughs> He's a terrible fucking GM. He's destroying the last years we have of LeBron James. Destroying him. I have no idea why LeBron re-signed there. Well, whatever. <laughs> He doesn't have to stay there. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's LeBron James, but he's probably going to get traded or something. Or I had, the Russell Westbrook is the worst trade of all time, hands down, by far. He took a title team with LeBron James, the second best player of all time, near the peak of his power still somehow after his 18th season or whatever it was, with Anthony Davis, who was – no doubt a top 10 player, but probably a top five player that year. <laughs> now they're not even going to make the fucking playing game. They have the second best player of all time playing at like 95% of his fucking powers. <laughs> and they still have that other guy, <laughs> Anthony Davis. And guess what? Until they get rid of fucking Russell Westbrook, they're going to fucking suck. Because they're paying him. Who the fuck knows? More money than just about anyone except John Wall was making last year. <laughs> but <laughs> he's the worst role player of all time. You know why? Because statistically, 
It's either him or James Harden. Or maybe it's Luka now, but Luka should hog the ball. Russ shouldn't. He is the biggest ball hog statistically in the history of the NBA. Usage rate. He never fuck. He does pass it, but he's a pretty good passer. But guess what? You don't need Russell Westbrook when you have LeBron James on your fucking team. Because they both need the ball. And you would always rather be in LeBron James' hand. He's a better shooter, better passer, better decision-making, taller, stronger. Like, everywhere you can check the box, LeBron checks it better than Russell Westbrook. And he doesn't do... He could be the best role player in the history of the NBA. He is maybe the second best athlete I've ever seen in the NBA behind LeBron James. Like, those his MVP years, some of those highlights he had were unfucking believable I've never seen anyone do what he did but he can't do that anymore he's not that athletic he's still a decent passer but he rubs people the wrong way and there's a reason for that because he doesn't play basketball the way it should be played because he doesn't really he's just so damn athletic that's why he's so good and he's figured out he's obviously you don't average 10 assists in a game or more than that in a season without being a good passer and having some IQ, but he should be an amazing defender. But he's not disciplined. He doesn't try hard. <laughs> but that's what he should do on this team. He should deep people's ass up, cut like a motherfucker, and never shoot the ball, <laughs> ever. He's the worst shooter in the history of the NBA, too, which also would like to have as a role player. So, Kirk Goldsberry, I think this was like four games in, on pace to be the worst shooting team in the history of the NBA. This team is built around LeBron James. The only thing you need to do is surround him with fucking shooters, and he'll figure the rest out. They don't have a single damn shooter on their team. Let's see. Sorry, I'm making sure I get this. Uh, yeah, just look at this roster. Half these guys in the league, half these guys on their team would not be playing on any other fucking team. Looks like Matt Ryan's on there. Who's M. Ryan? I have no idea. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know half these. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, right <laughs> you see the screenshot right there, too. What the fuck? This team is terrible. Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker starting. I like Austin Reeves' game, but he should not be starting in the NBA, especially if you want to win a fucking title. And so, when, after, this is really random, I never wrote the article, or post the article, I wrote it, um, but I wrote an article back, and I guess 2019, when Malcolm Brogdon was a free agent, going to be a free agent and I suggested that Lakers sign him as their third banana because he's a perfect role player but he's too good to be considered a role player but the thing about his game and you better than anyone because you guys fucking call him the president at UVA <laughs> which is a cool nickname I, I get it but he has the highest, one of the highest basketball IQs like I've ever seen. He can play. He can. He doesn't have any holes in his game, right? Like, he can shoot. He can dribble. He can pass. He can play defense. He can on the ball, off the ball. He can rebound. So 
but he doesn't need the ball to do all those things. But when he has the ball, he makes good decisions with it, and he does it quick, which – and I suggested, which, that they pay him $22 million a year for four years, which is exactly, I think, what he got. I think he got maybe four years, $21 million from the Pacers. <laughs> How much better would this team be if they were paying Malcolm Brogdon less than half the price of Russell Westbrook and spent the other $27 million on fucking shooters? And got rid of the other guys that shouldn't be in the fucking league. But Rob Blinka fucked this shit up. And I'm pissed off because I like LeBron James. And he'll never fucking catch Michael Jordan now. And Rob Blinka is the reason why. What do you think, Bradley? Yeah, I mean, this team is terrible. Um, they it's suck. Just, yeah. The they, Russell they will thing, for the whole season. It made no sense to take a title team and just tear it apart for like when they just won a title, they had uh, flamed out in the next playoffs, but that was mainly because AD and LeBron are both injured. Like just run it back with a team that won the title and add to that. But yeah, now we have like Troy Brown Jr. who couldn't even make the Wizards roster. He's traded away for nothing, basically. Is getting 28 minutes in a game. It's it's a travesty. I love LeBron, and I hate that he's playing on this team. So I think it's I think they need to just punt this season, which is depressing when LeBron's already 38. But this team's going nowhere. A trade for Miles Turner is not going to fix it. Uh, it would help though it would help but yeah, it's not, so not going to turn him into a championship contender I think is your point right yeah I mean just um, I mean at the end of the season I think they only have LeBron and 80s salaries guaranteed for next season so right, just well, maybe reset guess what I would not fucking trust Rob Plinka to do the right thing with the rest of that money yeah. we'll get so rid of better him. fucking yeah. fires ass before he gets those powers because he will fuck it up again i guarantee you that because <laughs> he's not a fucking he's a fucking isn't he a sorry for cussing so much but isn't he a was he an agent right before yeah yeah he doesn't he's a fucking agent he's a he's a suit <laughs> as fucking billy walsh would say um since we're talking about lebron we've we've had this debate a little bit, and I think uh, going back to LeBron's title um, in 2020 with the Lakers, it really sparked this debate along with uh, the Last Dance documentary. And it's a good debate, and I like them both. Um, you know, LeBron and MJ, um, who's the best? And <laughs> I've always thought it was MJ. Just <laughs> and you know, I I could see why people, you know, some like you might argue that LeBron is better or will have a better career overall when you look at his totality of his career, but the longevity he's had, he's going to be the all-time leading scorer here very shortly. That's not even the best thing you can do on a basketball court. <laughs> he's going to be the all-time leading scorer. It's not even close to the best thing you can do on a basketball court. He's just that good. Um, he's going to have over 10,000 assists, 10,000 rebounds, 
He'd probably be top 10 in rebounds, top 10 in assists. Like, that is overwhelming, and I get that argument. He's won a bunch of MVPs, I think four. He probably should have seven. Um, but I was debating this with uh, a buddy at a friend's birthday party the other night, and uh, somehow I'd never come to this argument before when we've had these conversations, but... You know, I was like, okay, you think LeBron's better than MJ? And what I mean by that, and you could look at it different ways. Like, if you're looking at the totality of the career, yeah, LeBron probably, he played more seasons, right? It should be. But I look at it, if it was a seven-game series, and I had the first pick of any person of all time who played in the NBA, who would I pick? And based off that logic... Or based on that criteria, I use this logic to say there's no way you can make an argument that LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. And here it goes. <laughs> They're both on the court for the two biggest shots, one of the two biggest shots each in NBA history. <laughs> Michael Jordan's final shot after he crossed over Westbrook and switched it to end his second career. And then Kyrie shot to win the 2016 finals coming back from 3-1 down. The difference is, one of them, being Michael Jordan, got the inbounds pass with 45 seconds left, down by three points. And I've never seen anyone get to the basket easier than that. And he did, passing Brian, Ru Brian Russell on that drive after he got the ball. And Every single person on the Jazz knew he was going to get the ball and knew he was going to go to the hole. And it was the easiest thing I've ever seen. And it was the, one of the biggest plays in NBA history. Doesn't make any sense. That's how good he was, though. And then next play down, steals the ball from the biggest choke artist in the history of the NBA. He had no idea Michael Jordan was there. He could have he had no idea. He just ripped him. No one else touches the ball on the fucking Bulls. Knocks down the jumper after he crosses the self-proclaimed Jordan stopper, Byron Russell, who said that when Michael Jordan was retired, he could check him. <laughs> so fitting that he hit that fucking shot on him. And guess what? It wasn't a fucking foul. <laughs> he crossed his ass up so bad. He pushed off, but it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> they would never call that. Because guess what? If Michael Jordan gone the hole, he would have gotten killed before he got called foul. A lot harder than that. <laughs> They would never call that shit at the end of the game. <laughs> and guess what happened with the other guy? He watched his fucking teammate shoot the shot. Who the fuck do you want on your team, Brownlee? <laughs> Seven-game series. You take LeBron off big MJ, you're going to fucking lose every time. Maybe. I mean, taking uh, two <laughs> massive careers and boil them down to, like, one instance is, you know... The smallest of sample sizes. Uh, fair, I'm pretty sure, but, pretty sure LeBron did a lot in that series to get okay to counter your the. Oh, I, I agree with you. And I, what sparked this too was I was listening to the JJ Reddick podcast with Ty Lue on there, and they were talking about the finals in that shot in particular. And I think JJ Reddick and Ty Lue had already talked about it before and knew they were going to talk about it, but he was like, "Why did Kyrie?" 
shoot that shot. Why didn't LeBron get the ball? And Ty Lue said LeBron was fucking exhausted. Guess what? He should have been. No one's ever done what he did in the finals in a series. It was incredible. I don't... I was at a music festival, so I didn't get to watch it. I was so pissed with you, probably, actually. But he averaged like 37, 12, and 11 that series against literally, by the standings, the greatest team of all time. 73 and 9. And he's still not as good as But. The other thing about LeBron, there's no one in the history of the NBA that could have made that block that he made, right? I mean, maybe, I mean, Victor Wimbledon probably could have when he gets in the league, but no one else could have. Which, I give LeBron credit for that. Like, he's the, like I said, he's the best athlete that's ever played. He's the best athlete that's ever played sports. He's a freak. He could have easily been the best tight end or the best wide receiver in the history of the NFL if he wanted to be. And I hope he just, he should fucking retire from the Lakers and go play in the NFL while he's got a couple years of athleticism. It's so much fun. Fuck the Lakers, dude. Just get the scoring title and do that. Michael Jordan, he'd be better at the NFL than Michael Jordan was at the MLB. But Ty Lue did say... It didn't matter if fucking LeBron blocked that shot because Kyrie made a damn three. So they still would have won. But it would all been a different game. So do you, you still would take LeBron over MJ? I think LeBron has had a better career than MJ has. Yeah. And I think LeBron... Okay, I'm going to counter that point here real quick before you go on. So can we agree? And and any, it's with superstars in the NBA and with quarterbacks in the NFL. So how many rings did you win? Right? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Like Charles Barkley will always have zero rings. Doesn't mean he wasn't a great player, but that will always be an asterisk on his resume. Well, guess what? The ultimate goal is a superstar to win you a championship. Michael Jordan played 15 years in the NBA, including his two wizard seasons, which most people don't count, but we'll count them just for the sake of this. He won six titles. It's a 40% title win percentage. I just made that thing up, but you know what I mean? LeBron has won four in 20 years, and he's probably not going to win another one for the next four years. So right now he's four for 20, which is 20%, which is half as good as Jordan. Uh-huh. So who's better now? <laughs> LeBron's though? Like, you can't, like, this is why I put this down here, because no one can fucking argue against this. He's better in every regard. <laughs> because he's a better competitor than anyone ever. Not because he's more skilled than LeBron James. LeBron James can do more stuff on a basketball court than Michael Jordan could. Because he's 6'8", 260, and Michael Jordan was 6'6", 220. They both used every God-given ability they had, which was a hell of a lot, as well as they could, right? And I'm pissed I didn't get to see more of Michael Jordan, but I've watched so many of his highlights and stuff, and I felt like I was there for all of it. 
I'm so glad I got to see LeBron James, but there's no way you can say he's better than Michael Jordan. I just don't. And the reason this is, the reason he's won more championships are part of it. The Bulls had continuity. They had Phil Jackson. They had Scottie Pippen. They had Steve Kerr. Tony Kukoc. LeBron James runs it back with a different team every year because he has to fucking find the best place to win a championship. Yeah, and that, I mean, that cost them that. Like the, the Heat, the first year they started eight and nine because they didn't know how to play together. They had so the two best players in the league have, at that time. Dwayne Wade was the second best player in the league at that time. So you should have you do that the, every year. You're not gonna like. That's why the Warriors are so good. Okay, because they know so, how to fucking play together. Okay, hold on, John. He should have stayed with the Cavs the first time. Not gone to the Heat. No, I didn't. I don't mean he, that. But he never, no, he shouldn't have done that. They were awful and gave him nothing his first time around. Yes. Second time, they're really, really, really good too. And then what happened? I'm just. I'm. I'm not trying to rip LeBron James and then it sounds like I am. The Warriors and ruined basketball for three years. That's true. I'm just. I'm just making points here. You know, sounds like I'm firing shots, but I'm not. Yeah, MJ had great continuity because he had a great team around him. People don't. LeBron had to deal with whatever bullshit was going on in the Cavs. Rob Palenka. And now he has to deal with Rob Palenka. You know what? LeBron's just as much of the GM as that fucking team as LeBron as Rob Palenka is. If you don't think so, you're wrong. Well, MJ and LeBron are both terrible GMs. I I don't disagree with you on that. And a lot of good NBA players suck at that too. Yeah. The good ones are actually the ones that are like role players. <laughs> like James Jones and Phoenix, great GM. Yeah. Not Michael Jordan. <laughs> Crazy. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but what I really think, though, and like this could never happen because he's the second best player of all time, and he didn't play at the same time as the best player of all time. <laughs> LeBron James should have been the second best player on a team. That was his destiny. Because he doesn't want to take that final shot. He'd rather make the good basketball play. He'll take the final shot if it's a good shot. Michael Jordan's going to shoot it every goddamn fucking time. Because that's the way he's fucking wired. Right? He would not pass. <laughs> the one time he passed it was against the fucking Magic when he came back. He tried to pass the Scottie Pippen cutting back door and he threw it away. That was the biggest letdown of his life. Had to be. Because he thought for sure he was just going to come back and win another fucking championship and prove everyone he was still the best. And he fucked up in the biggest moment. He definitely didn't do that the second time around in 1998 when he crossed the fucking Jordan Sopper up and knocked that jump shot down. But if you think LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, go back and watch the shit. Look at the stats. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. We'll move on. LeBron James is great, too. Don't take him for granted. Rob Polinka, you're destroying the end of his career. Stop doing it. Okay, on to another team that's destroying an all-time great end of his career, the Nets. They don't have a defense whatsoever, and they're not going to get one anytime soon. And their head coach didn't play a lick of defense in his career. 
He's maybe one of the great. He was one of the greatest bashers, maybe the greatest basher of all time in the history of the NBA. But he, I don't think he's going to figure out their defense. And he's had a hell of a job to do. There's, he's had so much fucking drama to deal with. This is his first head coaching job. So I don't think it's his fault that this team is underachieving. But I also don't think he can unlock it either. Um, so people have been calling for him to get fired. I think he should. I think he should get another head coaching job because he's one of the smartest basketball players he's ever played. Jason Kidd sucked on his first gig too. Now he's doing really well with the they're almost as, their basketball IQs almost identical. And you know, um so I don't I don't know who you get to replace him. I mean a defensive minded coach, I guess. Um I don't know. That's the thing. I, I don't I don't there's so much drama and other shit that goes on with this team too. You just Ben Simmons isn't playing with confidence yet, which isn't completely surprising. Um, I don't think it's as concerning as some people think it is because he'd never wanted to shoot the ball anyways. <laughs> so if he's yeah. afraid to shoot it, guess what? He already was. At least he would. Right? He, I mean, yeah, like I'm not saying it's a good thing like in his head right now, but like it's not the end of the world. He didn't want to do it. He'll figure it out. Like. I believe that he's had mental health struggles because he did that in Philadelphia. <laughs> Those people are assholes. <laughs> but what they really need, they need Joe Harris and Seth Curry back. I think Seth Curry, one of them came back recently, uh, last game, I think. Yeah. Um, but having two of the 10 best shooters statistically in the history of the NBA by three-point percentage, yeah, that will help. Um, it won't help their defense. Um so I don't really know. Like we said when we previewed the season, what was our comment? What the fuck? <laughs> you have no idea, and we still don't. I have no idea. But guess what? I think Kyrie's average over 30, and so is fucking Kevin Durant, and that's never happened in the history of the NBA. I know that for a fact. <laughs> they might do it this year. <laughs> They're probably the two most talented scorers in the history of the NBA at their positions. Actually, they are. It's crazy. And they probably won't even make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, this this team, GM needs to be fired, too. Yeah, Actually, I mean, this team is a total mess, and they need to get rid of Kyrie. He's just... Yeah, that, that, I was just about to say that. Until they do that, they'll always have that stench. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his, his contract's up at the end of this year anyways. He's not yeah. going to be with the Nets. I mean, he's not coming back. You're not going to win this title this year. Just get what you can for him at the trade deadline or something. Because, like, this team's going nowhere this season. And yeah, Simmons I mean, needs to figure his shit I out. I still wouldn't want to play him in the playoffs, though. <laughs> Just because they have Kevin Durant. But, yeah. I, the I, there's no way. It sounds like fun they they could beat anyone in the playoffs if they make the play. Like that's the thing; they might not make the playoffs. But if they do make the playoffs, they could win one series against the Bucks. They almost did it when they fucking won the title. If Kevin Durant didn't step on the fucking line, right? And but they couldn't do that again. They couldn't replicate that. They're not consistent enough to do that for four series, right? So I don't think there's any chance. So. Putting money on them to win the title, you might as well light that money on fire. I don't care what the odds are. 
but I know, I know we're not supposed to overreact to the season this early, but this team is done. Like I'm ready, I'm ready to overreact and say, do it. Been doing it all day. <laughs> they they are going to have the worst defense in the league this season. <laughs> And I don't think they're and Joe Harris and Seth Curry are not gonna fix their defense. Not at all. They're gonna make it worse. <laughs> I mean they 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 try, they're just not defenders. I mean it's not like they're James Harden where they just sit there and watch, but Yeah, they're done. Um Yeah, which uh you know, nice little segue. We talked about the Bucks um in the Nets series a couple years ago. The Bucks uh not a surprise. I guess we changed it not a surprise. I don't know if I mentioned that. We're not doing surprises anymore. The Bucks are the team to beat. I think we both said that going into the season. Um, Giannis, best player in the world, until proven otherwise. No one else I'd – well, maybe Luka, the only other player I'd rather have in the playoffs than him. But I'd probably still take Giannis because he's seven feet tall and he's already done it. But, um, I mean, they're nine deep, like – Really solid nine players, like all nine of them, you'd feel very comfortable with them in a playoff series because all nine of them have been in play a big playoff series already, and uh, everything makes sense. Prop um, yeah. Lincoln definitely didn't put this team together. <laughs> they just gotta hope Middleton comes back hundred percent, and if he does, they're golden. I don't even know if there's yeah. anything else to say. Giannis is the best player in the world, and he's got a good team around him. Yeah. I need to read that book. Have you read that book by him? About, from, no. Uh, no. Yeah, I can't remember that, her name, but it looked really good. <laughs> she got so lucky, too. She came out right as he won the championship. Yeah, that was good timing. Which is awesome. Good for her. She did. I read. I listened to her podcast on it. Never read it, and it was. She did so much work on it. It looks really good. I just need to sit down and listen to it. Let me give her a fucking shot. Sorry, I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, the book is called Giannis: The Improbable Rise of an NBA Champion by. Mirren Fader, that's her name. That's why I couldn't have some weird name. No offense. Unique name, I'll say unique. Um, but it looks great. Talks about his upcoming and how he made it to the NBA and just the struggles he went through to get here and just even make it to America and just really about how innocent he is and stuff like that and it makes you really want to root for him, the guy. Um, just listen to the podcast. I didn't even read the book, so. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is a surprise or not. The the headline wouldn't be a surprise. Kawhi load management. But the way they're doing it now might be a surprise. He hasn't played in a year and a half, and he's playing 15 minutes a game. What the hell? Yeah. The fact that he's doing load management, not a surprise. But he's coming off the bench. He's barely playing. Yeah. I mean... That's, that's they, scary if you're a Clippers fan. Yeah, I mean... One thing I guess they don't really have, I mean, Balmer does everything he can to make the home crowd huge advantage, but they don't have, they have a pretty shitty home crowd. So, like, the regular season might not mean as much to them as someone else that needs that home court and get that advantage. But, like, not playing a top 10 player in the league and 
I mean, he's probably better than that when he's full health. People forget how good he is because um, he hasn't played in a while. You're, it's going to impact your standings, right? And But he's also, I would say, top 10 playoff performer of all time, maybe top five playoff performer of all time. And if they do somehow, I mean, that they have a really good team. John Wall's looking good. I love that. I'm sure you do too. Uh, I think a lot of people heard some of the stuff he was going through with his mom and everything like that. The Players Tribune piece he did. Um, so I think, you know, I was always rooting for him. I liked his game, but I'm rooting for him even more now. Um, and uh, if he's ready to go to the playoffs and they're, there's going to be tough matchups in the West, no matter what you get. So if he's ready to go in the playoffs, I, I, I picked him to win the championship for the season. Um, this is kind of pissing me off because <laughs> it's going to make it harder on them. Like we were talking about just by their seating. But um, the reason I picked them is, and I think I talked about it on the pod when I did, is if you have two players like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George that can literally do everything on a basketball court, I want that in the playoffs more than LeBron and AD at their peaks. They both, that summer, they both teamed up and, I would. I didn't have a podcast at the time, but I was like, I'd rather have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, even though LeBron James was the best player out of all of them. And you could make an argument that Anthony Davis is better than Paul George too at the time. So like, both guys were better, but you'd rather have those pieces because they impact the game so much, and especially in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll monitor that going out of the year just as closely as they monitor his load <laughs> um but um yeah um i think we uh talked about the best five man lineups already um you know well, we, we we just signed up for cleaning the glass this year it's a great site by ben falk and uh used to work for the the sixers and i forget which other team but um a lot of good stuff on here <laughs> um and these Five men lineups, I think, tell you a lot about basketball. <laughs> like, you have to have five people on the court, and it points. <laughs> I guarantee every one of Russell Westbrook's lineups sucks. <laughs> I haven't looked at it yet, but I'll definitely do that for next podcast. <laughs> I'm sure they all blow. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really interesting way to look at how the team's performing, and uh, I think it can tell you a lot. So we'll definitely be using that this year. Um, to try to you know inform us and the fans on what what lineups make the most sense and why they're working and try to try to analyze that um then you know we had this conversation among ourselves you know after our last podcast kind of at the beginning of the season kind of wanted to get in the season preview but we didn't think of it at the time um, and it's really just kind of looking at the future for the next five years, we'll call it, because it's one, you can't predict the next five years ever, right? Like, especially in the NBA, right? <laughs> like, all the trades that happened this summer and everything like that, you can never predict that. That was at the beginning of this summer. So you definitely can't predict the next five years, but we're going to try to. Um, and, you know, well, looking at, you know, first is really a young core. Um who do you want? If you include the picks, 
I think there's only two teams you could pick. It's either the Pelicans or the Thunder. I, I think you got to take the Pelicans. Um, I, I think they're the answer either way for me. Um, you know, some of the teams throughout there, the Pelicans, the Mavs simply because of Luka, the Grizzlies, obviously they got Jaw, Desmond Bain's great. Uh, they got a bunch of other good young players. The Raptors with Scotty Barnes, some of the other guys aren't quite as young, but still in their prime or early prime. Um, the Cavs are up there with Garland and Mobley and um, Allen and, um, you know, Okora and that young core. And I put the Celtics in here. They might be a little, you might not consider them young because they're not quite as young as these other teams, but in five years from now, their best players will still be in their prime. They'll probably be just as good as they are right now. And they'll probably go up a little bit and come back down. But though, over those five years, you're going to expect the same production out of them. And that's kind of, we're trying to predict the next five years. So I think they're fair to put in there. Um, like I said, I think I, I think I got the Pelicans, but I think you can make a case for any of these teams. And the hardest one would be make a case for the Mavs. But Luka is so damn good, I would take that argument. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I think Luka is the best player that's currently on any of these teams. So if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna make an argument about it, I think that's the argument. Is Luka? That's all. all the playoffs is about having the best player on the team normally. If you Unless had you the pick, next three on the other teams. Yeah. If you had to pick one team that was gonna have an MVP over the next five years, it's the Mavs. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's the argument for their side. Picks. I mean, having picks is great. I don't think that, including them or not, I don't think that does it for me for any of these teams. Like, I think so I think it's more important. Well, you can finish. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, I think there's so much variance with picks, like even with Wembanyama. Yeah. He no. looks like he's going to be insane, right? But your chance we'll of drafting him is at best 15%, 14 yeah. 8 or whatever it is. So Yeah, and I think... To your point, like people rely on picks saving best GMs saving their jobs too much, right? Like, oh, we got a bunch of picks. That means we're definitely getting LeBron James. No, there's been one LeBron James. Yeah. And and everybody knew you were getting him. Like it wasn't a mystery. Like he, you didn't get the seventh pick and get lucky and get LeBron James, right? Like yeah. that's not how basketball works. It rarely works that way. Giannis was so raw. Jokic He's just a freak. <laughs> He's so smart. But, like, there are exceptions to the rule. And – but I think the picks, you have that many of them. You got other dumb GMs trying to save their job that say, we got three years now to figure out these picks. You package them, and now you got a star. And I think that's why they're valuable. To your point, yeah, there's a lot of ambiguity if you're actually going to use those picks and take – college players or players from the G league or overseas 18 year olds don't always turn out to be, you know, what they are, but what you think they're going to be. But, um, but if you can take that uncertainty out and get a established veteran for three unknowns, why not do that? Yeah, I agree. I I think you got to take the Celtics here. Um, that's my opinion. Is like you already have two players that are. Um, they made the they made the finals last year, right? Worthy. They made the finals last year. Like, I think the Celtics are my pick if you include them. 
and then fair enough. I think it's. I, feel I think I'm just looking at the Pelicans more like I guess how I'm ripping GMs today, but and David Griffin's done a great job with his team, but like I think their ceiling could be higher. Like the Celtics can't get that much better than they are right now. I don't think over the next five years. Yeah, but there are. We don't know how good the Pelicans can get. What? They're already a title contender, though. So. Yeah, yeah, fair. But like, we don't know what the Pel like. One, we don't know Zion's ceiling. We don't know what that is, and that could be crazy high. Yeah. Higher than the Jason Tatum ceiling for sure. I love yeah. Jason Tatum, but Zion's ceiling is higher. His floor is Jason Tatum's floor is definitely higher than Zion's because Zion could never play again after this season because we've never seen anything like him before and doesn't make any sense that someone that big can jump that high and that's all he does and NBA history is showing people that big don't I hope he doesn't but damn it's not a good like that's why Jason Tams to your point Celtics are probably a safer bet I guess my argument is the Pelicans have the highest upside of any of these teams if they if Zion turns out to be as good as we think he can be. And then somehow they package those picks and get, who knows? I mean, I can't even, they have such a good team already, dude. So I don't know. I mean, I have no problem. You saying the Celtics, um, and it's awesome that we have those teams are going to be really good for the next five years, probably all of them. And none of them are even like, Except for the Celtics, none of them are a top five title contender this year, which is crazy. So, league's in a really good spot. Um, in a similar vein, we kind of talked about this too, and I think it's a fun conversation to have. You know, similar to Young Core that the teams put together. If there was an expansion draft, you started the league all over again. You had the first pick. Who would you take for the next five years? And I have a hard time with this one. Um, you know, I'll just throw out some names to uh, get us brainstorming here. But, uh, you know, Jokic, Giannis, Giannis, Embiid, Luka, Ja, Zion. I put Tatum on there. I don't I don't think he's quite there, but I love his game and whatever. <laughs> Victor, <laughs> he doesn't even step up in the NBA, but he's got to be on here. <laughs> because... <laughs> I don't do draft valuation or anything like that, but I've watched enough of them. And if I had to give him a floor and a ceiling right now, if he doesn't get hurt, his floor is a Hall of Famer. It's that good. It doesn't matter. We've never seen anything like it. And his ceiling's the best player of all time because we've never seen anything like it. I don't think he'll get there because Michael Jordan would destroy him in a seven-game series probably. But... Like, you got to put him on there because we never see anything like him. And because of that, NBA is going to be streaming all of his games this season, which is awesome. It's going to be so much fun. It's like watching LeBron James play in high school. And I did that, and it was amazing. I saw him play. That's That was so cool. Um, but, I mean, he – another reason the league is in good hands because he is going to be amazing – and I feel bad for Scoot Henderson. He's, I should have put him on here. I'm going to put him on here now because he's so damn good, too. He just will be overshadowed by Victor, unfortunately. But I think he's good enough that 
end of it, it'll be looked at as like, uh, I, don't know, I don't have a good comparison, but it won't be like, be a 1A, 1B kind of thing, almost. Victor will probably be a little better just because he's a freak, but. And the others I had near Barnes and Mobley, um, I don't think they're quite on that level, but I love their games and they're super young and you can build around them. Um, talk about not having holes in their games. Those guys can do everything on a basketball court at their respective decisions. So where would you go? I, I honestly don't know what I'm going to say yet. <laughs> I mean, I think Giannis is the best player in the league, and he's still, what is he, like 27, 28 years old? Like, he's not 27 or 28, I think, yeah. yeah. Next five years, I would take Giannis almost. For sure. I think the only person I would... Uh, like, maybe Luca, But uh, I think Giannis is, like, a pretty easy pick here. Like, he's already amazing, and he's still pretty young. Um, Luca is just... Because he is even younger and theoretically has more room to grow. Whereas I don't think Giannis' game is going to significantly improve over the next five years. You could see it with Luca, so I think he'd be my, my second choice here. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong, to be honest. Um, I would have um, some trouble with him just because he's kind of on the older side here. I, I think in five years he could still be just as good as he is now. Which, if he is, he's going to go down as a top ten player of all time because <laughs> he's that. It's crazy, but he's we just have too many damn good players because there's too many people that are going to go down as the top 10 player of all time because you can't have more than 10 of them. <laughs> you have to start moving some of those people out that you always put in there. <laughs> Talking about you, Kobe, watch out, <laughs> coming for you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, think if you're talking about the next um, one, I think I have to go with Luca <laughs> yeah. because he's so good. <laughs> He's an offense by himself. Like I said, Trey Young was, but this one is six seven, better decision maker, just a better player, better defender. Once again, he's six seven, and uses his body better than anyone knows. That's why he's so damn good. He doesn't ever beat anyone completely off the dribble, but no one can get back in front of him, and he can finish over anyone. Guess what his fucking PER right now is? I know it's a short sample. Look, forty-two point seven eight. To give you some context, the all-time record is about thirty-three, and it was set last season. Dude is fucking amazing. Christian Wood, the guy they brought in to be their second best player, I guess. Even though they bring him off the bench and aren't even playing thirty minutes a night. The best thing about Luca is he makes all of his teammates better. Always even though he has a ball in his hands all the time. He's such a good decision maker. And if you ever, when he learns how to just hit that step back three, people are so fucked. He's still not even that good at it, but he does it so often that people, he never shoots from the three-point line. If he actually shot from the three-point line, he'd be such a good shooter. But he always shoots from like 27 feet because those are the only shots he can get because they play such good defense on him. But Christian Wood, guess what his PR is this year? 33.09. They have to, both of them would set the record this year. And it's all because of Luca. 
So you can have Giannis. I'll take Luca. I'd love to see him fucking play in the finals. Yeah. I mean, who? <laughs> Maybe would you we'll get that someday. Who would you? That would be awesome. Who would you take? All right. So you went with Giannis. I went with Luca. Who's your second pick? And you can't say Luca. Make a case for someone else. Uh, I mean, it has to be Jokic. If All right, fuck, I, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I mean, Luca was my second, and then it's Jokic, just because he's. I like both of them because they make their teammates better. Yeah. Not that Giannis doesn't, but like but not Giannis, the same yeah. way, you know. Giannis definitely does. Yeah, of course. Better. Like, yeah. you can't be that good and not make your teammates better, but like, their game is built to make yeah. their teammates better, right? Like, if that makes sense. But yeah, no, that's a fun conversation, <laughs> especially and 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 it probably hasn't been as fun in other years past because if we did this in 2010, the answer would have been LeBron James. <laughs> there would have been no debate. <laughs> you could have maybe made a case for Kevin Durant. Yeah, I would have heard it, but I would have told you you're wrong. <laughs> and I love Kevin Durant, but he's not as good as LeBron James. <laughs> um, and then another conversation I've been having recently just trying to pump up the podcast and uh, talking to people, um, talking about role players. Uh, we kind of mentioned it, you know, talking about the five-man lineups, how important they can be. Um, and it got me thinking, you know, we're having this conversation, uh, who is the best role player of all time? Uh, I think that's really important. All all the championship teams and dynasties had great role players. On the, yeah, they were led by stars. You have to have stars to win this league, but there's a lot of stars that don't win in this league, too. Uh, we don't talk about them as much. Um, but um, we got another Kirk Goldsberry graph here. Um, I'm not going to pull it up, but his graphs are amazing. And this one is a uh, number of field goal attempts on the this fucking XX. I don't fucking know. <laughs> not in school anymore. And then the efficient, effective field goal percentage on the y-axis. So essentially, how often you need the ball and how effective you are at scoring the ball, right? And I didn't even think of him when I started making this list. I found this graph after I started making the list. The answer is Mikel Bridges, probably. He is literally the top left of that chart, which means he shoots less than anyone in the league and shoots him more effective than anyone in the league. He's one of the best defenders in the league, right? So that's a pretty good answer. Might not be the answer, though. Put Pat Bev on here. <laughs> because, not because he's that great, but like, he's one of those players you love to have him on your team, but you hate him when he's on the other team, right? And like, he gets under people's skin and like, people have his back on his team and stuff like that. Even Russell Westbrook has his back. But, I mean, I don't think that's the answer either, but, like, I like that argument for him. Draymond Green, we're going to do this all time as well, not just currently. He might be the best role player of all time. He's the best help defender of all time. And that's a huge part of being a role player. Another reason why the Warriors are good, Andre Iguodala, one of the best role players of all time, also on that team. You can make an argument, Clay Thompson is one of the best role players of all time, too. Steven Adams, I would just love to have him on my team. <laughs> this is also best role player teammate, too. Like, he would fight anyone and destroy them. 
He had no problem doing it. He'd do it with a smile on his face. <laughs> Loved to have him. <laughs> I put Ben Simmons on here for the reason that no one think of. <laughs> well, no one think to put him on here because of his head right now and everything like that, and he's not a good player and stuff. But I put him on here because he likes to do two things on a basketball court, and he does them well. He passes and plays defense. Guess what? I've played enough basketball to know that 95% of basketball players hate doing both of those things. So that makes him a good teammate because he's willing to do the things that everyone else deep down doesn't want to do. And that, that makes him a good role player. He's filling holes that are naturally there because every fucking basketball player has an ego. And he doesn't. People don't understand that about him. He's, I think he just really misunderstood, and I feel bad for him. But I think he'll be back eventually. He just he has to fucking play, so people will stop talking about if he's going to play. But I also put Scotty Barnes on here. I think uh, he just he's ne- he, he should never be the best player on a team. Not that he can't be, but it, like I think he is like. Andre Godala 2.5, or 3.0, whatever. Like, he could be a lot better version of Andre Godala. And when Andre Godala was the best player in the Sixers, they fucking sucked. <laughs> it wasn't his fault. He did everything he could, but Andre Godala should not be running an offense. Neither should Scotty Barnes. Not like they can't run it like a point guard, but it shouldn't be the leading scorer on that offense. And then, <laughs> just because we're on the Lakers today, Coming in dead last, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> he will always be last. <laughs> Who do you got? You got anyone else to add to the list? Uh, I mean, I think in terms of the best role player right now, I think it's got to be Draymond. I mean, he did punch his teammate, but <laughs> we're ignoring the teammate part right now. Um, just role player, I think. <laughs> Uh, he's the best. I mean, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr, or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, Badass take a punch from Michael Jordan in practice. I love Steve Kerr. But uh, I mean, Draymond, if you don't have any more to add, what were you saying? Draymond, he just makes the. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he makes the Warriors hum. So, I like we said, he good. could be the best role player of all time. So, <laughs> probably make him currently the best. Well, he's not at his peak anymore. So, I guess you could say. He's not quite what he used to be, and make a case that he's the best of all time, but not currently. Yeah. But some that come to mind all time, um, Robert Ory. Pretty sure he has, like, the fourth most rings in the history of the NBA. The most of anyone that wasn't on the Celtics with Bill Russell's team. Fucking no one knows that shit. He has seven rings. Steve Kerr, five rings as a player, nine rings total. Only Phil Jackson, Red Arbach, Bill Russell. I think those are the only three people who have more rings than him. Not a coincidence. These guys are good role players. Manny Ginobili could have started on any team for his entire career and came off the bench. For the greatest team of all time is the 2014 Spurs, and I don't think it's relatively close when you factor in how they played together. And he was a big reason why. That ball never stopped moving. He's one of the best passers in the history of the NBA. He was so much fun to watch. 
and he never started. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I put James Worthy in here. I didn't get to see him in his prime, but he was perfect for the Lakers and could have been a superstar and kind of was, but like obviously could have had a bigger role on other teams if Magic Johnson always had the ball in his hands, which he fucking should have had in his hands. Chris Bosh um, made one of the biggest sacrifices of any players of all time to play alongside Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, and nothing is more telling than that than the fact that he had zero points in the biggest game they ever played in together. In Game 7 of the finals, they beat that Spurs team in the year before. He had zero damn points. Motherfucker averaged like 27 the year before. <laughs> I don't know what he averaged, but top 10 in scoring. It's crazy. Put Matthew Dove Dove on here. Love that guy. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> uh, and I don't think he's in the league. Actually, he's not. I was going to put him currently, but he's, not. he's playing in Australia. I looked him up. Yeah. yeah. Scotty Pippen. I mean, yeah. The One of the years Jordan wasn't there, he finished second or third in MVP voting and probably should have won. That's how good he was. So, yeah, he was a great role player. Draymond. And then, uh, once again, Ross coming in dead last. <laughs> oh, man, that was a fun exercise. Lakers yeah. fans, I don't feel bad for you at all. <laughs> at all. I mean, they still had a championship two years ago. Everyone yeah, and guess what? They've won more than anyone else. I do not feel bad for them. I'm a Cubs fan, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Wiz, um, it's been a bad five decades. Four decades, however long it's been. Yeah, it has. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon. Could you just sign Bradley Beal that damn contract? Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to get out of that. Actually, in a couple of years, it's not going to look that bad, to be honest. That's a crazy thing. It's going to go up so damn much in the next couple of years. <laughs> so you insane. can trade that in two years. Yeah, it's not. insane how much money is going to be in the league. Yeah, people are going to make $75 million a year. Yeah. Like, what do you? Whatever. Do you People like, like the sport enough. Fucking give it to them. I don't care. Yeah. They deserve it. LeBron James should have been making 120. If he was playing baseball, he would make. He would have a billion dollar contract. I guarantee you. Yeah. Seriously. He would have. Yeah. But he can't do that. <laughs> but guess what? Having one good player on a basketball team is more important in any sport than maybe having a good quarterback, right? But they don't get paid like that. And the quarterbacks can't get paid like that either, but they're getting paid a lot more than they used to. And they should be because if you don't have a good one, you're not going to fucking win. Yeah. Same thing in basketball. If you don't have LeBron James or Michael Jordan, you probably don't have a good chance to win the championship unless you have the best damn team of all time that the Warriors did. <laughs> like you said, they broke the NBA. <laughs> and it wasn't fair for a couple of years. It really wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and they're the best team of all time. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> But, yeah, I think that's – you got anything else to add? Anything we missed? I mean, I think we, no. we didn't cover every team. There's some that don't need to be covered right now. But, um, we, I think we touched on a lot of the teams. Um, you know, I think we're going to try um, bring some different guests on this year too. Um, do some more three-way pods and uh, – you know, maybe do come at you at least once a week, hopefully, throughout the season. Um, maybe a couple times if we can. Uh, maybe some shorter pods. 
Um, but there'll be a lot more content coming. Um, we're ramping it up this year, and uh, I'm excited. Thanks for joining me, Brownlee. Yeah, great time as always. All right, until next time, peace. Uh-oh.